0: Poso money work wai wanin kitanani mo e joski pietai apos notoman e yum MITW podcast e jospis pietai apos notoman en e sekimaka e josu madne
1: Welcome to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, I'm joined by Vaughn Bowles, public information officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Welcome, Vaughn.
0: Afternoon, Sheena.
1: So a couple of weeks ago, we had a listening session that was hosted talking about um, suggestions from the community for the COVID relief funds that the tribe received. Is there any updates on that?
0: So as far as like tribal relief fund goes, I'm not privy to those discussions because that's not my area of expertise. I'm not a tribal member. Um, you know, I do know they are working on getting some of that relief money to the tribal members as part of the incentive program for the vaccination. Um, they've been looking at, you know, housing options, upgrading housing, repairing housing, starting new housing, um, basically trying to provide Um, a a safer and a healthier environment for tribal members to live in so, you know, things like COVID don't spread nearly as quickly um, the next time something like this may come to the community. So I'd love to give you more specifics. I, I just don't know them, unfortunately.
1: Okay, so uh, recently we had more of an uptick in vaccinations due to the incentive that went live a few weeks ago. So, where do we stand now locally with our vaccination rates?
0: So, locally, we are actually doing really well. Um, we're number four in the state as far as counties with you know level of vaccination. We're at sixty-five percent for total vaccinations. We've vaccinated. 2,962 people that live in the county, that also doesn't take into account tribal employees and tribal members that live off reservation. So we've really done a great job of getting the word out and getting people vaccinated. Great. As far as our population goes, no, no, there's more. It's really good news. Yeah, no, this is good stuff. For individuals 65 and older, we've vaccinated 94.5% of those individuals and they're the individuals most at risk for severe cases of COVID. So that's fantastic. Um, Individuals 45 to 54, we've vaccinated 84%, 55 to 64 is 87%, but here's something I find really encouraging. Um, In the reservation or on the county, however you want to describe it, um, individual age group of 35 to 44 has 97% of the individuals vaccinated now. So really doing a great job, Um, again, uh, we just started vaccinating our youth, but for the age group of 12 to 15, we have 85% of them vaccinated. So really doing a great job with vaccination. Our lowest group right now is the 18 to 24 year olds with 67% vaccination, but that's still f- far ahead um, from most parts of the of the state. So we're doing a really great job with our vaccination program right now. really proud of everything that, you know, the clinic and everyone's done for that.
1: All right, so um, I read that we are possibly getting third doses recommended to us, to the general population this month. Is there any, what's going on with that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's understandable. So the FDA did um, recommend booster shots. Currently it's just for those that are immunocompromised or elderly, Um, they usually classify that as individuals over 65. Um, We have been reaching out to those that have um, immunosuppressed or immunocompromised conditions and stuff on the reservation and been trying to bring in some of them for booster shots at this point um, there is some uncertainty as far as how things are going from you know the FDA and the CDC it appears you know Pfizer is going to be available before moderna because they've been approved by the FDA um, and you know moderna is still working on some bidding some of the data for that um, most of the population won't be able to get boosters, though, in our area until the Moderna is approved. Um, and prioritization with, like, CDC isn't quite clear. So, whether or not they're gonna, you know, put frontline workers, teachers, and stuff again at the front of the line, we're not sure. But that's kind of where we are with that right now.
1: So, if you have had Moderna, you have to get your booster shot in the with the same type of vaccine, you right? You
0: should. They don't recommend mixing and matching vaccine cocktails, so yes.
1: (laughs) That doesn't sound good. It's not. (laughs) Okay, so one claim that I know we've talked about before, but I just see it a lot on social media, is um, about the vaccine causing miscarriages or infertility. Uh, Can you just talk about what the truth is behind that? Yeah,
0: and I've, I've heard and seen stuff about that as well. Um, people that want to, you know, raise their kids naturally and healthy. That's great. And I totally understand them wanting their kids to be healthy, um, but it's its just not true. So data submitted to the CDC conducted by various universities across the country have shown that, you know, it's not only safe for pregnant women and breastfeeding women to get vaccinated. Um, it also, it, it is safer for them to get vaccinated than not to. They, uh, they can pass on their antibodies to their newborns. Um, Which will give them a much greater chance of um, having a, you know, a chance of of not getting COVID altogether, having an asymptomatic case or having a a very mild case of COVID. Um, Additionally, there hasn't been any data coming out that suggests that it causes infertility. Um, I know there haven't been some long-term studies of five and ten years out, but right now it it still looks very safe. Um, people that have gotten vaccinated have been, had you know no problems getting pregnant, so that's encouraging. And you know, if you are thinking about having a baby, are pregnant, are breastfeeding, we would encourage you to get vaccinated because um, it's much easier to take the small vaccination than to fight off an infection for an extended period of time, especially when you're. Uh, kind of sleep deprived like new mothers tend to be. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh, I keep hearing that our numbers right now for COVID cases are worse than, than what they were this time last year. So is that true, first of all?
0: You know, it's, I think there's, it's slightly conflated. So this time last year, we'd had about 34 cases in the community, anywhere between like two to eight active cases at any one time. Right now we have about eight or nine active cases. Uh, We had I believe it was seven crop up this last week. We were down to about four active cases. So some people got better, a few other people got it. So we're kind of at the same place right now. Um, You know, but the it's really hard to say whether or not we're at the same place we were last year. You know, I've seen models that estimate that, you know, we're going to see another you know, six hundred thousand to a million and a half cases per month across the country. Um, we have reports from our our partners and, and allies at Theta Care saying, you know, September is probably going to be our peak month. Um, it really depends on what kind of mathematical model you're using, and it also is really dependent on what variables emerge. Um, we may just deal with the Delta variant and a new variant called Mu this year. Um, if so, we might be okay. Um, but perhaps mu, which they think might um, kind of circumvent vaccinational immunity, it could be a real problem. But we don't know yet. So um, there's a lot of speculation out there right now, and so it's it's kind of hard to predict. Um, personally, I, I think we're doing pretty good. Um, so we know a lot more people. A lot more people are vaccinated, which wasn't even an option last year. This time, so. I don't think we're quite where we were last year, so I'll just leave
1: it. At okay. That. Well, yeah, that's good. Sure. <laughs> we do, we don't want a repeat of last year, that's yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, you know, something that I just hear a lot is, it seems like with things being how they are now, uh, we were shut down at last year at the same point that right. we were now. So why right. are we still open?
0: You know, I I think there are two major reasons for that right now, and one is our knowledge base. Last year when COVID hit, we knew next to nothing about, you know, how fast COVID would travel, who was most at risk, um, what if any long-term complications could come up, and and who might, you know, how many people might potentially get it. Um, There were a lot of unknowns, and we've done a lot more experiments. We have a much firmer base, Knowledge base of, of what we're dealing with at this point. So we know who we need to protect, how we need to protect them, things like that. Um, two is, you know, when COVID first hit us last year, about this time, um, there were next to no treatment options on the table for us. Right now we have one FDA approved vaccine for it. It's the Pfizer one like we talked about. We have two others um, that have the emergency use authorization. It's the Moderna and, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. They've done a really good job of, of preserving and promoting immunity. Um, we also know that we can use things like convalescent plasma. Um, they're reserving that for the most severe cases because it's, it's a fairly limited resource at this time. Um, and we've also seen that there have been medications that have been used off-label, to, um, you know, by various frontline physicians um, to treat COVID. Can't really endorse those for legal reasons here, but there there are options and um, discussion out there regarding you know how how to treat COVID um, before it becomes a major medical emergency. So um, overall, I, th- I think we're doing significantly better, and that's part of the reason we're not shut down. We know that if you get it. We're gonna isolate you. Um, it's gonna take you know two weeks before you can really come back to, to action and be in good, in good shape again. Um, and so we've, we've just found out how to take precautions. And I think that that's why we can function at a more normal pace than we have been.
1: Um, so Vaughn, do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up?
0: You know there was one study that came out this last week from the CDC that I found fairly encouraging and they found that um, approximately 80% of the U.S. population has some level of immunity to COVID-19. Now there were some some caveats you gotta throw in there. They they only had a sample of 1.4 million blood draws which is a really good sample. It's very strong um, for representing um, all ethnic, all ethnic, ethnicities, I can speak today, <laughs> and, and regions of the country. Um, what they did uh, bring up, though, was their work was mainly done pre Delta variant, um, pre Mu variant. And so they're like, we're not sure what's going to happen with that. But right now, most of the country has some level of immunity from the original wild type, the Alpha, Beta strains, etc. and stuff. So um, I think there's hope on the horizon. Horizon, if I can speak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Vaughn.
0: You bet. Thank you.
1: in for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the Community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. I do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to us via email at podcast at org.